0: You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 12. A topic that I hear friends, family, and clients talking about is energy. They don't have enough energy, they are struggling to get through the day, feeling sluggish and exhausted or maybe they feel okay until the afternoon. Many people feel a 3pm slump. Some people feel tired all day. And then by bedtime, they are so wired, they have a hard time sleeping. It seems like people have a hard time figuring out how to feel energized. Culturally, we turn to caffeine as a solution. And there are many alternatives like energy drinks, bars, smoothies, and even pills or supplements. But what is the best way to feel energized? We are answering some basic questions about energy today that we hope will help you find more of it. Beth, where does energy come from? Yeah, energy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So energy primarily comes from food. So think about carbohydrates, fats, and a little bit of protein. Our body tries hard not to use protein as energy because it's very expensive in terms of energy creation. So we primarily are relying on carbohydrates and fats, but it also relies very heavily on vitamins and minerals to be able to utilize that fat or carb molecule to turn it into energy, also known as ATP. And so depending on the cycle, whether we're using fat or carbohydrates we will determine how many number of ATPs that we can produce, which is a direct correlation to energy that your cell uses. It's the mitochondria, which is like our little battery of our cell. (laughs) And so that's kind of where that is used. So if we're taking in macronutrients, but we have low quality vitamin and mineral status, then we're not really going to be able to utilize that energy because it slows That process down. So, like, as I'm explaining this to you, all I see in my head, which was ingrained (laughs) from undergrad through grad school, is the Krebs cycle and beta oxidation and all of that. So, there's it's all in there, and I can see it's like we draw it as a circle, (laughs) it comes in here, and then there's riboflavin and niacin. I believe it's like all in. Maybe you can draw a chart. (laughs) Yeah. NAD and FAD. So, yeah. So, like, a big popular. Supplement right now is NAD plus mm. because it's a really key component to moving the Krebs cycle along. And but I think if we just got higher quality nutrients in our body, we wouldn't need this very expensive NAD supplement. I'm not saying that you couldn't and we could all use a boost, but again, we can't out supplement a mediocre diet. And then somewhere in there, we do use components in the Krebs cycle and probably beta oxidation, but I don't have that one memorized as well of amino acids as well.
0: I think that's interesting because so many of us, especially when it, you know we talk about the topic of weight loss, people are cutting down calories and macros. Mm-hmm. Often- two extreme levels. And then they're like, why am I so tired?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that is because those energy cycles are slowed. They don't have what they need. So if you're, say your body is just, I'm just throwing out numbers here. Say your body is used to 2,700 calories a day and it's coming in and then you decide I'm going to go on this diet. And then you go down to 1600 calories a day. This is a huge drop, and your body is like, "What am I? How am I supposed to do that?" And your body is still the same size, so it's requiring that amount of energy to keep it at that same size, right? And so that's why, when weight loss, it's really good to go slow. If your body can't utilize 2,700 calories a day, you would want to just kind of fairly, slowly, gradually break that down. So then you go down, so your body can get used to operating. On a smaller amount. Right.
0: It's like like working with your metabolism. Yes, it's working with it. it.
1: Correct. Yeah, shocking it is not helpful. It it might be in the short term, but a lot of times that, that, that first bit, and I think we've talked about this before maybe, is that you're really losing water because if you drastically cut out your carbs or something, you're no longer, it takes water to store carbs. And so then you're basically. If you're not eating them, then you're not storing the water with them. So you're really losing water weight in the beginning. So anyways, but some of the energy requires oxygen. Some does not. So for example, there's aerobic exercise and anaerobic exercise. So it really just depends, but we do need... Oxygen as a whole, right? To kind of keep like Mm -hmm. that day to day, moment to moment metabolism. That's like a big part of it, which is why anemia, iron deficiency anemia can be a problem because it limits the amount of oxygen that's flowing around in your blood. I think we take oxygen for granted
0: because obviously (laughs) we just breathe all the time, whether we (laughs) think about it or not. But (laughs) movement increases that intake of oxygen and it gives you so much more energy.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of you know what I like to think about. The other component of where does energy come from is the energetics of energy. I don't know if this is a real thing, but it's just like how I think of it. So, <laughs> example, this is you know a real law of physics: what is in motion stays in motion. Mm-hmm. And I also, as a human, think what is not emotion takes a lot of energy to get going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. That inertia to get going is there. And so then if we, meaning if we have been sitting at our desk all day and we are feeling tired, which is our brain tired because we've been, it's worked hard on our computer and doing these tasks and things like that, but we've been physically sitting there. Or your brain was just bored because your job is not very stimulating for you, right? <laughs> so there's that. So it's kind of under under stimulated. It can feel really hard to get going with things like exercise or cleaning the house or cooking or whatever because your brain is tired or understimulated. And so, and then and you've been sitting there and not had a lot of oxygen flowing through. Like if you've gotten up and taken frequent
0: breaks or moved about. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I had a nine to five office job, it was so hard to work out at five o'clock because even though you'd be sitting down all day, you just were done. You were totally spent. So it would take a ton of energy just to kind of force myself to move.
1: Yeah. And that's that brain tired. Like our brain uses a lot of carbohydrates and energy to function. And so when it's constantly, and because in a lot of our jobs, They require our brain to be going constantly. There is not the concept of working in chunks and taking breaks. It's like if you aren't doing something productive every moment of your nine to five, then you're not a good worker. And that's really toxic because our brains are not meant to be on like that
0: nonstop. Like they need these little break checks. Yeah, it's insane. And we talk about it too with teen clients who are in school oh, and how gosh. rigorous academia is these days and how yeah. kids have to make time for snacks to just fuel their brain. And yeah, they don't yeah. get to have those snacks. And so then they are they might eat
1: breakfast. A lot of them don't. And then they, only, they <laughs> yeah. get to eat lunch like around 11. And then they don't get out of school till like 3.30 or 4 o'clock, 4.30. And then they're just... Rumple, right? They're yeah. just done, and so that can be really challenging because that's hard. I, th- I think the 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 best thing going for them is that they at least get to like walk the halls in between classes, so their brain can take a moment. But there's all the social <laughs> components right. of the hall that are very stimulating for their brain too. That is
0: hard. So it's like we we're learning these habits when we're young, and then yeah. no wonder the adults are struggling. Correct. So yeah. let's talk about the famous 3 p.m. slump. (laughs) What is the 3 p.m. slump? Why is this a thing? Okay.
1: Yeah. I used to think, well, is that real? But then I I think, yeah, it's totally real. There's like a few people that are those energizer bunnies and I'm just like, well, maybe that's like all of our HD people. (laughs) just keep going. But it is so, so common for people to experience this for a few different reasons. One is related to our natural cortisol patterns. So for most of us, like we'll just say average population, it peaks somewhere between seven and 9am. It like jumps up in the morning and that's actually what wakes us up so it's turning off melatonin. It peaks up real early that early in the morning. And then it naturally starts to decline about noon to three o'clock. And so this is where we start in a very gradual way. So we have like a big up and then a pretty steep. I mean, it looks like a crazy blood sugar curve, really. That first one, it kind of Goes up like a big roller coaster, and that first drop that they drop you down, it's yes. almost like that. And that starts to happen like around noon ish, a little after. And then it very slowly starts to go down and down until we reach our lowest level around midnight. So that three o'clock is really where we start entering into that like lower levels of that evening slowdown. And so if you kind of just look at the natural ones and so, yeah, that's a big part of it. So that's a component of it. And then again, like we mentioned before, we've been up since anywhere from, you know, 4am, 6am, 7am, getting up, doing life, working or, you know, caring for your house or your kids or whatever, stressing about this and that, and then, For many of us, we're spending a good amount of that time sitting down but using our brain. And then a common thing in the United States and Western culture is to have a very carbohydrate-heavy lunch. And I don't mean complex carbs. Most of us are eating the fast carbs. And we're going to feel the effects where they meet up with our natural decline of cortisol. And so then we're like, ugh.
0: Right. So I do want to point out here, what's interesting is like carbohydrates give us energy, but yeah. too many of those processed carbohydrates are actually going to create that insulin spike and then another and then a drop. dip. So then yeah. we actually, even though it's in an ideal world, we'd be getting energy. In this case, we're not, or we're getting too much energy that we can't use that causes us to feel tired. Is that right? Yeah. So part of it.
1: So we never want, when we think about our blood sugar curves and how it does help us with sustained energy. That's how I like to think of it. It it can be used within athletes for quick energy or for exercise. But really, food should not make us tired or give us energy in that sense. Like we shouldn't go from being tired, eating, and then feeling more awake, nor should we go from feeling mostly awake to feeling tired after eating. Our energy level should remain relatively the same after meals. Hmm. And so our blood sugar is dysregulated when our energy is affected higher going up or down after eating. So then that means we are a little dysregulated. So yeah, so if we have that spike and then we'll get a lot of energy typically for some and then we come
0: crashing down because it's too fast it comes way down yeah i hear because- people use that as a excuse where they're like i just don't eat lunch because i get tired like lunch makes me tired right so then we need to be looking at what kinds of lunches can
1: we eat in order to not feel tired and for some it's not necessarily always about carbohydrate types it can also be the volume of food so sometimes the volume volume of food is more than our body can do. And so we need, it's putting us into that rest and digest (laughs) mode, which is totally natural, but you know, they're like, well, I need to keep going at this job because I only get 30 minutes for lunch. So I don't have time to eat and Rest and digest. Yeah, um, like what's the one great thing about one of the great things about Spain is they still do siesta every day. (laughs) It's so great. You hear about Americans that go there; they're so frustrated by it. But I'm like, man, think about it. Like, you get to have this lunch, and then afterwards, you get to have the natural rest and digest, and then you just keep going. And you're like, yes,
0: "Yes." they really designed. I mean, their culture is designed with the natural rhythms of the day. They're not like trying to fight it and be so overproductive. Like we think we're trying to be overproductive, but are we? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the only challenging
0: part for is
1: like the natural part of it though, is that they, that's not natural. And our cortisol rhythm is them eating at 9, 10 PM. Yeah. They are. Night night night. So that's like the, that, that it does go against like our very beginning biological cortisol rhythms. But
0: other than that, I got that lunch
1: situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah. are things like caffeine really helping us? Don't I wish. I know I could tell you something differently than what I'm about to say. Beth and I love coffee. We have both too much. We've both gone on and off of it several times, many, many times. And we've found many benefits being off of it. We have found benefits being on it and vice Mm -hmm. versa. So it is a topic of conversation. We also like to joke that we should start our own caffeine rehab clinic. (laughs) Yeah. The AA of, it'd be CA,
1: Caffeine caffeine Anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. I think I would be, I should be the leader of the 12-step program of that. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes because we do love it i since having my child i kind of got back on coffee and i do resist that second cup every day it's a challenge every for single me single day yeah it'll every day the second because i know like, it's not going to do me any good it's just this like yeah. that, then it becomes like the, a dopamine hit right like it has nothing totally. to do with well the it's not dopamine it. it's adrenaline but well yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe there's some dopamine in there, but really well, just because feeling? I love it. But yes, it right. is the,
0: the adrenaline in your body's like more, more, more. Yeah. 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 So it it's like, good. I love
1: that. Okay. Well, I feel the same way. You know, you know that my deal with coffee is real intense, but I only have one cup. That's like the best. That's the most entertaining <laughs> part for me <laughs> is the intensity around that one cup. Anywho, caffeine is not really helping us. I wish that it was but it is just a false sense of energy. What it does is boost up cortisol and epinephrine, norepinephrine and adrenaline like responses, which does make us feel like we are getting energy, but it is not true energy. So remember like adrenaline, if we're in a fight or flight mode, that's cortisol gets bumped up real fast, and adrenaline. all those get bumped up so we can flee or fight, right? Well, coffee to some degree creates that. It's not as intense as you know, having a terrifying moment in your vehicle, almost getting rammed off the road or whatever, but it has a low level response of that. And so if we're doing that over and over again, it makes us feel like we're having energy, but it's not true energy. So it's very much like, fake it to make it energy source. And then when we are using caffeine throughout the day to keep picking us up, it's continuing to drive cortisol and adrenaline in a way that is not natural nor good for us. And then the brain gets totally used to this stimulus and thus we become addicted to it. And then we get the headaches if we don't consume it. We feel tired because we've been we're so used to the style of energy of that upregulation mm. of high adrenaline, like cortisol, higher cortisol rhythm. So, and this is what totally drives that wired, but tired feeling, especially at night for some people where we're, have you heard of this wired, but tired? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're totally revved up because we've used various sources of caffeine throughout the day, but now it's nighttime and we're ready to relax or sleep. But because our cortisol and adrenal hormones are up from the caffeine, it prevents melatonin from being able to start coming on board to get us into the relax and
0: sleep states. So mm. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's usually where we're like, maybe don't have caffeine afternoon. <laughs> yeah. There's
1: a f- there are a few people that can do this. Right. And some people's are pe- bodies are
0: wired differently.
1: <laughs> well, it's an actual chemical in or genetic snip in their liver oh, where they can them. process caffeine very quickly. And then there are those that process it averagely. And those are us those are the ones that should not have it after like ten or noon or whatever, like probably can be like noonish maybe depending on your bedtime and then and then those that process it slowly and then those are the people that are very sensitive to caffeine and they can only typically have a little bit and has to be first thing in the morning.
0: I feel like. There is, like, with alcohol, sometimes you just get acclimated (laughs) to it. Like, when you haven't had an alcoholic drink in a long time, all you need is like half a drink and you feel Mm -hmm. pretty buzzed. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how it is with coffee. You start with one cup a day, kind of gets you through the day. And then all of a sudden you're like, I need that second second cup. cup, And then I need that third cup. Yeah, because it goes with coffee in particular it spikes so quickly,
1: right? Like it's like a rush Mm -hmm. in. versus say tea does have caffeine, but it can be less intense and more gradual of that response, especially if it's white and green tea. So like green tea has very little caffeine in it and it's so it's response. Your body's response to it is not anywhere near what coffee would be. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of people, too, that don't understand maybe their connection to having anxiety and caffeine. Oh, this is like 100% an issue. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little side note. It's like if you are feeling anxious often, like, is it true? I mean, well, we won't even cover what that means, true anxiety, right. but it's like, is it? it is it is, is really- caffeine per helping to perpetuate it? Like, right. is it a factor as well? Right. Yeah. So So, just something to think about if that's something. Yeah. So like if
1: you are a a generally, I think what you're saying is if you're a generally anxious person and then you're drinking coffee, like how is that making you feel? Like, are you more anxious Mm -hmm. or is it like, if you feel like your life is not too stressful or whatever, but you feel anxious, is it the coffee
0: So I know we kind of debated if we should touch on adrenal fatigue. Is
1: adrenal fatigue real? What is it? It is real, but it is more rare than you would think based on internet stories that are coming up. And yes, many people are living the wired but tired lifestyle. But what adrenal fatigue is, is when the adrenal system, which secretes cortisol. So the, the adrenal glands are basically like these, they look like White puffy fatty clouds above your kidneys. Mm. <laughs> they sit at right top of your kidneys. That sounds cute. Uh, yeah, they look cute. Uh, they're like <laughs> these little blobby things. But anyways, so they sit up there right above your your kidneys. So sometimes if like your back is feeling like tender in a certain point, it's like oh maybe it's like your your adrenals. So anyways, it they secrete cortisol, epinephrine, and norepinephrine, which are those like kind of adrenal like hormones, and then they also Secrete the precursors to our sex hormones. So, in adrenal fatigue, it, those hormones are no longer able to function normally. So, not only are your are you not responding to cortisol and a, which wakes you up in the day, or the epinephrine and norepinephrine, which we use in different neurotransmitter capacity, you also have a dysfunction in your sex hormones as well. And one way of having adrenal fatigue or adrenal imbalances is that over time of having near constant levels of stress hormones, which is coming from pushing through the stressors of the day, having a stressful job, some people create their own stress. I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> get into that, but you know, like you're just pushing yourself. To Mindset limit. drama. Yeah. Like, but you're just pushing yourself through the day and just and then chronically not getting enough sleep mm-hmm. and then not taking time for restorative activities so not getting very much sleep not relaxing in a way that can restore the system as well and then we plus propping yourself up with caffeine oh and I should also add that even over exercising or overtraining can contribute to this as well all of that cannot be maintained And there we are. The system goes kaput in the most scientific way possible. Um,
0: (laughs) Kaput is a scientific Yeah, kaput is scientific. Um, So
1: then what happens in adrenal fatigue, when if you look at it, if you get it tested, is that your highest point of your cortisol curve will actually look like how it should be at 7pm. So you never really get get that initial oomph to that true awake feeling because you don't have that initial cortisol awakening response. It's like down in the 7pm range and you just mm-hmm. hang out there all day. Yeah. Yeah. But there are different stages of adrenal imbalances before you get to adrenal
0: fatigue. Those are the people that are so tuned out because of all the things you mentioned that they're probably ignoring some of these flags until the kaput happens, right?
1: Yeah. That's part of it.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest ones to
1: look at is the wired and tired feeling. And then, or if you have a lot of energy in the morning, you crash in the afternoon and then you wake up in the evening. That's another dysregulation of it. Like you get this like second surge. And so that's like one of the early
0: ones that hap- that's really common for people. Okay. Well, let's help our listeners <laughs> by telling them what can we all do to actually find more energy? I'll start off and then you yeah, can
1: add I'll add to too. it. Okay. So my favorite one that we've already talked about is balancing blood sugar. So balancing those, those hormones. So you're not feeling so sleepy because when we get low blood sugar, whether it's because we've gone a long time between eating meals or we've having like a, reactive almost like a reactive hypoglycemia where we go shoot up and come crashing down all of those low blood sugar levels make us feel tired and so being able to have relatively consistent energy
0: coming in is good for us right. it's so okay that's- just eating as many balanced meals as you can, mm-hmm. eating enough. Not, yeah, eating enough, not skipping meals or just ignoring your hunger because you're too, quote unquote, busy to eat, that kind of stuff that catches up to you and does dysregulate blood sugar.
1: Yeah. And we're, and I want to be sensitive to the people that intermittent fasting does work for. But I do <laughs> yeah. believe we've covered this before is like, if you're, you can do intermittent fasting if you, can get to your eating window without feeling ravenous and you don't like you're not starving and like wanting to eat all the things. And if you can get all of your calories and that your body actually needs during that eating window, that's the thing. So a lot of people will try it because they've heard of it, but then they try this, they've gone from 10 hours of overnight fasting to 16 in a very short period of time and that their body just does not care for that. So just be really mindful about moving into intermittent fasting. So you don't have to eat three squares, but your calories that you get in and the types of nutrients you get in are what matter don't excellent advice yeah and then
0: overeating as i mentioned makes you feel tired because your body's like give me and that's the challenge (laughs) i gotta deal with this how do you get all of your food in in one or two meals and not overeat in those meals i think that's like a (laughs) me, that's a challenge.
1: Yeah, I do. I think that's a challenge. I don't know. I mean, I know people do it. I'm not super, super versed. It's not my strong suit for being able to get in somebody's, you know, how to get in almost a thousand calories in two meals. I mean, it can be done, obviously, but people already struggle to eat the little bit that they Mm -hmm. eat. So yeah, it is a,
0: it is definitely a challenge for sure. Okay. The next one is really simple, which is just staying hydrated, (laughs) (laughs) drinking water. There's a lot of times where I talk to people and we look at their day. I'm looking around for my water bottle right now. I think I left it in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like sometimes we're just talking about what somebody's day looks like and how they're nourishing themselves. And then we talk about fluids and they're like, oh, yeah, I really am bad at drinking water. And it's like such a simple thing that is actually really (laughs) challenging for a lot of people. So just do whatever you got to do to get the water in because that can be really helpful. Yeah, the water
1: is it is very important because our brain... A lot of water goes up there too. So we need water to stay hydrated, get moving things through, not having things build up and feel sluggish, drink the water. Remember our body is what, 60% water. So all of that has to like move through to get all the stuff that needs to happen through. So um, if you have sluggish blood, you're going to have
0: sluggish energy. Yes, which is... A good segue to the next one, which is just moving your body. And that doesn't mean that you have to go to Orange Theory every day or join CrossFit or become an athlete. Mm -hmm. It's just it might be like, hey, I get up every two hours from my desk and go walk around the block and come back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would ideally love it if people could get up every hour.
1: Sure. And you could stay in your like, not every hour do you need to go walk around the block or go. You can be in your cube. You can be in your cube. You can be at your at-home desk since a lot of us are at home now. And then it can be moving there, but standing up, getting your arms above your head, taking a deep breath, letting it out, letting your arms drop and doing that, doing some twists, getting your legs, like doing whatever you can to move your legs because your legs are huge muscles, right? That need to be stimulated and so moving those as well so as much as you can in between doing that and that will really help with brain fatigue
0: and there are a lot of benefits to vigorous exercise correct 100 percent. we definitely aren't saying don't do it (laughs) right but we know that a lot of people
1: during the work day really struggle to be able to create a lot of movement but these are really simple ways that you can get some movement and if you're feeling really zesty do some jumping jacks i don't know (laughs) i sometimes from time to time will do use my desk as a way to do like a inclined push-up because i don't want to get down on the ground in my work clothes so i will use my desk and i will just do a few not many
0: feels really good just moving just moving. Keep moving. What did yeah. we say? Sitting is the new smoking, and that that came out like ten years ago. So really, it's just sitting is the new sitting. Yeah. So we just sit too much. It's time to stand and up then And then we
1: once. don't sleep.
0: Yes, <laughs> we're sleep. We're sitting, but not sleeping. <laughs> so sleep hygiene is really important, especially yeah. because we are all addicted to our screens. Tell us about sleep hygiene. What do you recommend? Oh, yes,
1: which I'm I'm working on this too, folks. Is not looking at your phone until you go to bed. If you are, and you just can't find a way to break the habit, get <laughs> blue blocker glasses. Like they make these glasses that are either orange color or have the blue blocker tent on it. And so then you're not being stimulated by that blue light. Start to turn the lights down in your house, like around, say for example, you go to bed at 10. So around nine o'clock start turning off lights or dimming them so you're not all your lights are on full blast up until you're going to bed so start to dim the lights and that will start to cue your body yeah that starts to cue your body that it's dark because the lights are lights in our house you know make our brain think like oh it's still daylight great and then so that's one thing some people like to have the room cooler to sleep that's not my thing but i know a lot of people really like that i can't sleep if i'm cold so make your room cozy as best as you can for the temperature that you feel best sleeping in but really it's all about starting to dim the lights down start to not be so stimulated and if you need if you can't break the phone habit at night put or the tv put on do our- you have a tv in your room we currently do it's a new thing it has we've not but we currently do and i think it's been on once in the last month no yeah. twice so typically what is saturday night live so we'll watch <laughs>
0: or we re-record saturday night live and so we'll, or watch it live and so we'll yeah. watch Saturday night live that's pretty much yeah we do its, not its, have its a tv function. in our room but we have gotten in a habit of like watching a show in bed on a laptop which i know is not great sleep hygiene but well, wear blue blockers. <laughs> they're like they're cheap. I'm they're just like imagining $3. us with like glasses on in bed. I don't know. Yeah, it's just we got it's we're, we. All keep have things,
1: right, on, on the bedside. That's I mean, the thing lighter. is because
0: we we're not really watching TV at night. It's like we put the baby to bed, and then it's like we're either working or trying to wind down. Like, I don't know. There's just so much else going on in the evening that we don't really mm-hmm. do our TV time until like right before bed. Right. <laughs> Try to squeeze in a show. So yeah, you do we're the not, best you can. Yeah, we're not big. We don't watch a ton of TV as a whole. So but we're also in know. bed at like 8.30 or nine <laughs> <laughs> Most nights.
1: <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. So, and then also there's the energetics of the time of the day. So if we talk about like Ayurveda, Right, like mm-hmm. they say, that the best time to go to bed is before 10 p.m. During the kafa time mm. of the day was that like six to ten p.m. Right? Yeah. Six. Anyway, so and if you go, if you stay up much past 10 p.m., then you go that's back. You get your second wind. Pita time of the evening, which is very is fiery. Then that it's like the second wind, and it
0: can take a long time. Which that's why Beth is there. laughing at me because I. Did used to be a night owl. I used to go to bed <laughs> somewhere around midnight to 1 a.m. almost every night. And then I used and I'd to be sleep like, oh, in. I fell asleep in the chair at 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah. And then I would laugh at her and I'd be like, I don't understand. Like, why can't we do work calls at eight or nine o'clock? And now. <laughs> I understand. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jessica would
1: be like, let's do group calls with the people <sighs> on Wednesdays at like 7 p.m. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's when my brain is starting to go it down. Shuts down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Anyways, okay. So the other big thing is watch the caffeine.
0: So yeah. have your one cup. Yeah. But maybe you don't have caffeine in the afternoon if you can. Yeah. Do that slowly, but
1: again, don't do it drastically on this one. I don't want people to have this. Is the reason why people struggle to give up caffeine is the headache. So, slowly bring yourself off. So, if you're used to caffeine in the afternoon, start just doing less and less and then getting in decaf or whatever. If you'd still like that comfort of a coffee like beverage in the afternoon, and then don't replace it with sugar, which is a common thing.
0: Right. Yeah. And then this one is honestly my favorite, which is just can we just be realistic about our lives? <laughs> like we are not robots we are not supposed to feel jazzed 24 7 it's like okay to find times of the day where we rest and sometimes that's really hard to do if you are in an office job that's like 8 to 6 or whatever you're like well Mm -hmm. I can't just like hide under my desk and take a nap which I have Um, done (laughs) (laughs) yes that's the beauty of being self-employed is being able to follow your rhythms more naturally but you know we get that not everybody has that luxury but then we have to look at like well how Am I committing my energy, my time the rest of the week? Mm-hmm. Am I over committing myself?
1: I, if you have a family, some people are over
0: committing themselves Mm -hmm.
1: because of other family members as well.
0: So yeah, it's like we got to, it's okay to take a step back and that can be really challenging. I know. And that's just, that's getting down to the work of figuring out like, well, what are my priorities? What are my family's priorities? Like what is, Mm -hmm. what actually is my time management? Am I using time management skills? And is there something that maybe I could be saying no to? There might be. So it's important to put yourself first because we don't want you to go kaput. That's the worst thing. scenario. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I do feel like your body will catch up to you. It will ask you to rest. Mm-hmm. It will force you to rest. You will Correct. get a cold. You will get sick. And I'm not You'll talking like, cur- yeah. yeah, something will happen where your body's like, hey, we got to slow down. And so if you do find migraines pain, are common for people to yeah. force them that push
1: themselves a lot. Getting sick, that sort of thing. Yeah, there is a practitioner who I have learned a lot from and he does push himself. But on Sundays, it's like houses dim and he just literally does nothing. like Full day might, savasana. Yeah, like he <laughs> will like watch some shows, but it spends a lot of time really relaxing and things like that. And so he's kind of built up to his body knows Hey, we do this hard work, but we know that we get all of this rest Mm -hmm. on this day. And so, and it's true rest. Like he doesn't make busy side house projects or whatever. So he makes sure that his
0: body gets like a full rest. And that's a great point. When we talk about time management and when I'm talking to clients about it, it's like, I want you to build that in, plan. You know, for
1: self-care. Yes.
0: Like, is it an hour a day? Is it a full day on Sunday? I don't know what works for you, but making sure that you're building some time in to do nothing is really important. Which is hard because as the U.S. as a whole, we feel like we're supposed to be productive all the time. Right. Well, that's why it's important to plan for it, right? Because if you're not planning to do it, then what happens is you just find yourself sitting on the couch with your phone and then you feel guilty. You're like, Oh my God, I should be doing all of these other projects. I should be working. There's so many things to do. We don't enjoy the downtime when it's not like curated as part of our life. So something to think about. week we keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate it in some way these are often the subtle ways it seeps in which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you so this week I had one and it was an ad I just now my algorithm is giving me all the things so this was an ad and it's for a gummy Mm -hmm. that is designed to well, let me just read the ad. First of all, it's a photo. It has the, the gummies and it says, I lost 10 pounds the first month. And then the ad says weight gain during PMS is now optional. And then it talks about the benefits of the gummy and what's in it. Of course, it says results may vary. (laughs) Um, And I think that this was interesting to me because it's like, are we talking about balancing hormones or are we talking about weight loss? And it just seems to be like, it's, they know that the weight loss part sells and then the whole like weight gain during PMS is now optional. It's like, what, what? Right. But I mean, there's inflammation that's happening to some
1: degree, which is a a natural part. There can be some weight gain that happens with it. It's totally natural. I mean, some of us have more exaggerated parts of PMS than others, but it's like, how did we turn, just like what you said, how did we turn a thing that helps with PMS into a weight loss yeah product and then it's like well does the weight what
0: happens after the period i don't understand the whole <laughs> yeah. thing is confusing i'm like well here's what okay. it says it says this product has been shown to reduce hormonal weight gain by telling your cycle hormones to chill and, and yeah well, is what what does that mean <laughs> okay. well first starters and i think i said this to you earlier it's like we're not supposed to weigh the exact same number on the scale every right. moment of the day, every day of the month. Day of the week. Right. It's not how that works, right? right. Like we all have a natural fluctuation. Mm-hmm. It could be five to ten pounds, depending on who you are, where we're just kind of ebbing and flowing. And that's totally natural and normal. And then, yes, I think we're undereducated about our hormones in general as women and our cycles in general. And so what frustrates me the most is like, we're just skipping over any education about what our cycles actually should look like and feel like and we're just mm. focusing on the weight. And it's like, ugh, why again, why are we only thinking about the weight as like the problem with our cycle when there's easily, at least five things, five other things I can think of off the top of my head, like cramping, bloating, headaches, irritability, but also like, what are my hormones doing? Why are they doing this? And I don't know, how can I be better educated about this and not just focused on my weight? Right. I have nothing else to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, that's exactly, it. it was like, stop it just stop. Let's just stop trying to cheat our cycle and spend more time learning how to understand our cycle. How can we ebb and flow with it, understand it, work with it, be educated Mm -hmm. about it, all of these other things. Yeah. I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore nutrition, and we'll see you next week. Bye everyone.